got my T-Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Oceans of Slumber, who has a new album called Oceans of Slumber, which is going to be released on September 4th via Century Media Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Cammie, and we're going to be chatting about a lot of stuff today, a couple of tracks. We're going to be chatting about the album, what's been going on with lockdown, and then, importantly, we're going to be chatting about the Black Lives Matter movement. So I'm very excited to have you onto the show, and so welcome, Cammie. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. Now... A return to the Earth below. Is this about SpaceX? SpaceX. You'll have to tell me what that means. <laughs> uh, it's the so Elon Musk decided he was going to uh, blast some people into space, and so they recently <laughs> returned to the Earth below. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bad joke, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, killer song. I absolutely love it. Very. I want to say emotional, and in fact, I, I listen to the album, and I just get a breadth of sonic landscapes and emotions, um, and especially in the music video, it looks like the song is about something that takes a bit of thought. Yes, um, absolutely. The song is about those inner cycles of bad habits that we find ourselves in, as well as just the reoccurring struggle that we have to overcome any kind of self-imposed limitations or um, emotional limitations. So like struggling with depression or struggling with um, mental health in general or any sort of vices or things that kind of pop up and take us off track. Um, I wrote this after a especially tough day mentally and a lot of sadness um, in that day. And you're kind of on this, threat of feeling like you're you're doing everything right, you're taking care of yourself, that it really can take something unexpected or even mundane to kind of get you off track. And that at some point you have to kind of stand up to yourself and stand up for the progress that you're making versus fall back into that cycle of of repeating those those negative actions or those negative habits. Yeah, well, something you mentioned, Cammy, was standing up to yourself. And that I think is mm-hmm. a, a really bold statement to say that sometimes... It's really just you that's standing in your way. Absolutely. We can be our own worst enemies. And I think a lot of people struggle with speaking very negatively to themselves. There's kind of a premise I came across. And it's like, if you wouldn't speak to someone else that way, then, you know, why would you speak to yourself that way? That there's, there's for people that have that inner dialogue that goes on or these kind of second guesses um, in their mind that the things that you repeat to yourself when you make mistakes or when you're faced with a challenge, they become like this internalized mantra. And if they're not kind, then you're essentially, you know, dragging yourself down to be in this negative spot with this negative outlook about your, your ability to accomplish things. And so sometimes you, you have to, it, you know, sounds a little, it sounds a little mental, but sometimes you have to kind of re, you have to rewrite those dialogues and you have to tell yourself like, no, I'm going to look at this positively or no i'm going to be patient with myself or i'm going to be forgiving with myself yeah and not just beat yourself down yeah i mean you mentioned a lot of great things there i mean if you wouldn't talk to someone else that way then why would you talk to yourself that way and i just immediately thought well that that probably is why some people speak what we'll call irrationally to other people because they're just so used to having that conversation in their head yeah absolutely i i think about that often if if somebody comes at me very abrasively or defensively um 
or they're outspoken about something in, in such an aggressive way, I always think it's like, how do you feel when you make a mistake or how do you feel when you do something or something comes up that you don't like about yourself or these characteristics? And it, it definitely makes it easier to approach them kindly when you think about them being their own worst enemy. Um, that I think people project an awful lot onto the people around them when really they feel that way about themselves. Yeah. This sounds an awful lot like forgiveness, and this sounds an awful lot like <laughs> some Tony Robbins stuff. Yeah. Internalized mantra, change the CD that you're playing or the Spotify that's, playlist. Absolutely. And yeah. that's something I definitely struggle with. I, I have very negative self-thinking, and it's a constant... Uh, takes constant mindfulness to hold that space for myself and not dig into myself that way to that I can just be to be more positive and then to you know just hold that space for myself and be be patient it's it's like sometimes I'll I'll write down those thoughts and then it's like writing them down and then reading them back you're like yeah that's probably not the best way to speak to myself right now or <laughs> or what's a better way I can have because it you know it becomes your outlook it's simultaneous even though it feels like two separate things mm-hmm. I, it's yeah kind of an interesting question then and the only reason I bring this up is because uh, we actually just watched the new Will Ferrell movie Eurovision the other night and <laughs> as hilarious of a movie it is one of the undertones was you've got a great voice but there's still something holding you back and you're not really singing with full passion and i guess my question is you know i've heard your voice it's absolutely incredible do you feel then that with still amounts of negative self-talk that you might actually be holding yourself back a little bit maybe even musically absolutely i think uh it's what kept me from seeking um like singing lessons and things for a long time i really had this idea that like how you were was as good as you could get and mm-hmm. that's not true. <laughs> that's just not true. <laughs> um, so it, 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 I, I, I absolutely think so. There's a, a vulnerability to accepting things about yourself. And if I want to convey that in my music and, 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 and allow my music to grow, then that means I have to grow too. And so definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking back to that music video, it looks like a pretty interesting music video. You guys have the band and then you've got, it looks like you driving around as... Well, are you also in water? Or am I making that up? Yeah, I'm in water. I'm like, there's a lot of water. It's a long day of shooting. <laughs> so take us through this music video, Cammy. It's almost like you guys had like a bucket list. You're like, okay, driving, check. In water, <laughs> check. Uh, Close-ups of symbols, check. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there's always a checklist. <laughs> a long checklist of shots to get. But we wanted to kind of show the journey. Driving is like this destination to the beach. That's what it's supposed to convey. Like I'm driving to like the edge of the world, so to speak. And so driving to the edge of like I drove as far as I could get. So obviously it takes you to the coast eventually, wherever you're at. So we're close to the coast. So it's like I'm driving to escape to the coast and I'm going to like walk out into the water and or like end it all. And so that's that's like the literal uh, translation of what's like happening in, internally of making that journey like into yourself and deciding like, well, I'm going to be overcome by all these negative emotions or I'm going to swim back to the surface and carry on and figure out what I need to do next. And so when the video starts off and I'm at the beach, you're kind of seeing this flash fast forward through everything that's going to take place. And then the video slowly like takes you through that um, to only get back to that same spot of like needing to make that decision. And I wanted it to kind of be this loop to signify it's it's ongoing 
And just because you overcome yourself or overcome these things once doesn't mean you have you don't have to do them again. It's like addiction and how they tell you it's like it's one day at a time and you know, every day has its new challenges, but every day is progress regardless of if that day is is a super hard challenge or not. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted it to kind of be left open too of like, well, what did I decide and where did I end up? And it's that loose ending to kind of give the viewer and the listener. It's like, that's, it's for you to decide, right? Like it's, it's in your hands. And this is, this is, this is my illustration of that experience, but now apply it to yourself and figure out where you're at. Mm -hmm. Cliffhanger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Oh man. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Next track to chat about is the adorned fathomless creation. So I just want to let you know that I appreciate the lack of brevity in the song titles. Oh yeah, no. Dauber names them. And he, they're super epic names. <laughs> I never, I would never think to. I'm the total like one word, right? And it's a word from the song. He's all no, no, never. Now this, the interesting thing about this track, and I think which is which is crazy, uh, especially when releasing singles to demonstrate, you know, what kind of uh, album we're going to be listening to is. It, one of my notes on it is that the song never ends, which is which is great. And then the next one is it. It's almost like a different band, especially until about ninety seconds in, and then we start getting to what I would consider a, to a return to the earth below, more familiar territory. And then it just takes on so many different soundscapes that uh, it, the song never lets up. It's always a very interesting, uh, captivating uh, listen. And I'm just curious, what was it about this track? Well, I guess maybe what is who is or what is the Adorn Fathomless creation, and then what was it about the track that just made it seem so? I don't know all these different soundscapes. So this is a pretty heavy hitting song that we we kind of it, it it came about as so you have like the black woman in American society, and it's this thing that's like revered and hated at the same time. And so it's like you have the pedestals of some of the celebrity elite, you have like Beyonce and Oprah and Rihanna, and they're put on this pedestal. But then in the same society, you have countless uh, accounts and uh, data and information that show you, well, black women are notoriously not taken care of when it comes to uh hospitals and pain management and postpartum care and things like that. And there's this this disparity between the outlook and the person and where, where they fall in society and why. And so it's like this, the complexities and complications of all of that. And so that, that was the original idea and the inspiration behind, behind like the the music when Dauber sort of, uh, put together and presented it's like he he works from a theme too right with putting all the music together and so you couple that with this dive into world war one and world war two history like we went on this whole long tangent of watching all these history videos um and documentaries because it was right about the time where all these things were coming out in color or they were colorizing all this old footage um from world war one and world war two and what i what I kind of saw is this like repetitive feature in society where you you have a set of people and they're oppressed one way or another, and then they're liberated only to turn around and act out violently or oppress another set of people. Like it's just a, it's a vicious cycle. It's like, say you, 
the people they ran away and they left the church because they were being oppressed only to go somewhere else and oppress and kick all the people off of that land only to move those people and do this. And it's like, there's always these lines of division and violence only begets violence. And so we kind of coupled all these issues. Obviously they came out in a barrage of, of dips and elevated areas. And so that's what I wanted to try and capture that. It's like, it's, it's another cycle. It's there's obviously it's a recurring theme for me is like cycles. Like I look patterns and things like this is what I look for in my general outlook of things. And so it's just this, this pattern of, it's like you can even look at the climate now and you have the Black Lives Matter movement and you have these people acting out in a, certain people acting out in different sectors in violent ways. They're oppressed, but they're acting out violently to show discourse for that oppression that the violence shown to them is how it's perpetuated. Like you, you don't get good from bad or it's, it's much harder. Or you look at places that we've gone to war with. I want to say like, don't quote me if it's like completely the wrong country, but like you look at Iran, Iran, however you want to say it. And you, you have fractions of military go through, leave it all disheveled and then move on. It's like, you have to like rebuild and build schools, but you have generation of people that were raised in wartime or raised under conflict. And then those p- people turn into people worse than the people that came before that caused the conflict because it just is this perpetual cycle. And so this song is kind of looking at two different or speaking to and, and coming from two different perspectives. It's a little bit lucid. And so you have the chorus that's heavy, the guttural vocals, and it's, you know, the now being free, uh, instigating you're no object now summoning a willful force and it's like you're this thing it's like i'm not i'm not down anymore like i'm standing up and i'm gonna do the i'm gonna show the authority i'm gonna show the the violence i'm gonna show the wrath that i have and then at the same time it's speaking to the oppressor of like well now they're coming for you so it's like did it pay off you know in the end if it only just circles back to also bring you down and so it's trying to kind of include all of these elements into a whatever many minute song. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think it's really that long of a song, but there's just so many different parts. I'm just constantly, you know, entertained with it. But I mean, absolutely incredible uh, theme, I guess you could say for for the track because mm-hmm. I'm reminded of well, the the thinking that caused the problem can't be used for a solution because there's a set of thinking for a problem and there's a set of thinking for a solution. I'm reminded of the idea that revolutionists are actually more violent than the oppressors because they have to win. And then Mm -hmm. those people then take over. And how are they supposed to govern in a way that they didn't win their approval with? Um, Right. Right. You know, and then leading to like what I'm calling PTSD thinking, you have an entire generation Mm -hmm. that has a pain body. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's yeah, that, that, that grabs it. Exactly. And it's like, you, it's how do you expect people that never had stability to show stability or people that weren't raised with compassion to show compassion? It's like there these more positive things become foreign, foreign um, aspects to them, foreign characteristics to them. And that's dangerous because then you only end up perpetuating some very uh, broken ideals and broken structures of like people as we see in a lot of things. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <Yeah>. ah. <laughs> wow. Um, 
I guess it was sort of interestingly a question that when you guys were you know coming out with with this song, obviously I'm guessing you guys wrote it before uh, some things erupted. Does it then I don't know make it? Does the song have more meaning to you now? Absolutely. Yeah. Yikes. No. <laughs> we wrote it. We wrote it well before all of these things happened. Um, that it's uh, it's it's like for people that have been talking about it for a long time for it to manifest, you're like, yeah, well it's not like it just showed up. And so we were amped to like, it's like, we're going to take this stuff head on, you know, like here we're at with our career as a band and we don't want to be like told what to do. We don't want to be like censored. We don't want to have to just, we're not trying to just make music for mass appeal. It's like what mean we want to make music from like a meaningful place and Dauber approached me and it's like, let's write about things that are, you know, these, these themes that have kind of risen up over the last year. It was like the Me Too movement. There was Black Lives Matter that came up at the beginning of the year and end of last year, you know, in, a, in another degree before it ramped up now. And I was very passionate and outspoken about these things. And we would have a lot of, you know, dialogue about them. And he's like, let's, let's put them in the album. You know, they're on your mind. They're bothering you. Let's, let's put it out there. And so then something like this, because we, we, as a black woman in metal, it's obviously been something we've had to talk about or think about because it gets observed quite a bit, whether it's positive or negative. It's like, if I'm just walking around and I'm being mean and then someone's like, Oh, you're one of like two black women in metal or something. And you're like, I am. And then you start thinking about it. Like someone pointed out something on your face. You're like, you always had that mole on your face. And you're all, this one, you noticed it too. And so then it's kind of like, thanks for noticing. Made, yeah. And not like a bad thing that people were like, Oh yeah, you're black. And you're like, I am. But it's, it's just kind of being mindful. It's like, well, what does it mean to me? And what does it mean to you and other people? And you know, it's, it's hard not it's not hard. It's hard not to be a bit uh, self-conscious in something like this. It's like my face is the face of the band, and I'm put out there as this focal point. And so, you know, it's just something I I'm a very self-analyzing person. You don't. So I was gonna take a lot of the feed. <laughs> you don't say, Cammy. I feel like in the least selfish way that I can make this sound, like I spend a lot of time sitting and thinking about myself, but not like, oh my God, I'm so pretty or something, but like, am I making everyone around me uncomfortable? Have I done it? (laughs) How can I just be better? And so all these things are wrapped up in my head. And and so we made this album. I I wanted to be a little bit more external this time around and not, you know, with just internal issues or internal things and internal emotions. I wanted to kind of speak to how I relate to society and other people in my community. Yeah. So, yeah. Has it gotten easier? I mean, you guys have gotten obviously to a certain point as a band and if you guys keep going, you're going to get, you know, even bigger, better, stronger, all those things. Um, Has what you've just mentioned gotten easier? Has it gotten more difficult? (laughs) No, it has not gotten easier. Um, (laughs) It's kind of shifted. It ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is really easy. I know who I am. I know where I stand in this. I know what my, like, opinions are. I know what I'm going to say if somebody asks me this or if this situation arises. And then there's just times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I am. I don't know what anybody wants from me. Uh, 
And so it really just depends on like the day of the week, I guess. And <laughs> if it's a Tuesday, yeah. Oh man, if it's a no Tuesday, way. not happening, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so as it, it, it's like for every five steps forward, it's maybe two steps back. But I am making progress for for this to be easier and finding finding where I feel like I fit into the conversation about things and to be something that is helpful, not harmful. I don't like just adding clutter. I don't like just adding noise to a conversation. It's like I want to be, I want to have as much accurate knowledge about something as I can. And obviously certain things are based on someone's experience. And so that is a little bit more subjective. Um, and so then that's where it comes in that I try and be very introspective about where I am and what I do feel about these things so I can speak out or speak to them in a way that other people can gain something from what I said, not just it be more babble to just add to discourse. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I want from you is just keep singing. That's, you know. Yeah. And then they're singing. I feel like I can <laughs> sing a lot better than I can talk. I can write in like, in uh, super lucid, poetic ways better than I can <laughs> make a serious speech or something. Very true. Well, you seem well-read to me, my dear lady. Thank you. You are quite welcome. You're using multi-syllabled phrases. So. Oh, cool. You know, and uh, I do like words. My mother instilled in me a love of words. Well, Dauber points out that I don't always say them correctly because I read them and I've never heard them. <laughs> Isn't that always fun? I mean, thanks to Google, you can like click on the little thing and go, Really? That's how I say it? Okay. Yeah. And then sometimes, like in this song, I wrote in a word and I realized I didn't know how to pronounce it. And then on top of that, he had to pronounce it growled. And Ooh. so I was like, Well, that's for you to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what other what other questions I might have. I mean, it's a very interesting topic that you mentioned there. Like, for example, being a black woman in metal. And I guess the only thing that I kind of thought when I saw you know the announcement come up is I just don't see it often enough. And I don't know how you take that, but I just think that you know in metal, like why not? Oh yeah, absolutely. In metal, like absolutely, why not? I think that there's a lot of similar vibes to gospel and blues and jazz, even that lend itself to to coupling wonderfully over metal music, especially like doom metal. It's like, my goodness, if that wasn't made for the Soul Sisters, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, that it feels right. It feels right to me. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's exposure. Um, I, I know personally how hard it was for me to get exposed. It's like I had to go out of my way to find things to be exposed to me with metal versus it just organically coming up maybe like it does maybe more for other cultures. Um, but I think the internet obviously helps that. And as the black community kind of expands within its own dynamics, what is acceptable and, and exploration in the different genres, because my personal experience, and I can attest to other people feeling this way, was that the black community closed off other genres to me more than other communities that it was like black people aren't metalheads, black people aren't rockers, black people aren't headbangers. And that was what black people told me, not white people. So it wasn't like, it wasn't this outside force keeping me out. It was a kind of internalized force saying, don't go over there. Mm -hmm. And as you have way more, it's like there's a far bigger number of black alternative people gaining momentum and rising up in the ranks. It's like, black people in witchcraft and uh, black people in tattoos and gauges and into anime and all these other things that at the same time, it's like just within the time of me getting in the band. And now I feel like I've seen just way more 
black girls pop up at that at an age where they would just start to kind of get into their own outside music and more metal. Um, that 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 makes me feel like well they're upon ex- these outside and new explorations they're finding metal a lot sooner than I did, just because it's it's there for the for the taking a little bit more and then to see them in bands or seeking out bands or playing guitar and things like that. I think, I think that it's growing and it's, it's just a matter of a time and exposure um, that I feel like within the community, any, any racist sentiment is very small that, you know, it's so global. We've been around the world doing metal and I've, I've personally been fortunate to not have experience or felt like, racially I wasn't welcome there and so, I mean they're coming to our show so it's like they know I'm there <laughs> so they're not gonna they're gonna show up and be like oh my god it's black huh? it's like did, if they, they know who we are did you think I wouldn't be here right or it's like if we're on the bill most people it's like metal what I like about metalheads is they're very knowledgeable fans they've mm-hmm. listened to your music before they show up they've looked at your discography they've like read your bios they looked up interviews. It's like they're very knowledgeable. So <laughs> I would I would think that that means they're not coming to the show, whether we're headlining or not. Just ready to be enraged because you know, enraged. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think I think it's just definitely a matter of time at this point and an exposure. But I think you know metal's like relatively new in the sense of like other genres that or not metal as a whole, but like. The, the subgenres are so many. I feel like every year or month we're finding out about some new titled subgenre, like trap metal. You're like, bizarre. Um, and so I think it's just, it's a matter of time and it, it's, it's angling itself to, to become more current. And I'm, I'm super curious to see where that goes and what these other voices do with it. Because a little bit of the double-edged sword is that clean singing doesn't necessarily come with metal. Like clean singing is not a, if you had to write out the definition or the main things that make something metal, clean singing is not one of them. (laughs) And so it's like, if they're coming in without distorted vocals, then their influences within metal are going to be pretty, it's like you would be able to probably name them, you know, or it'd be a smaller list versus, I feel like they would just have to take more outside influences. What I'm saying, like if you're going to be clean singing coming into metal, because it's, I feel like it's kind of a newer leaning to to be more acceptable to have clean singing versus crowds. Yeah, you almost maybe like an arc because immediately I think of Iron Maiden. Then my question is: Is Iron Maiden not metal? Well, it's like heavy metal, I guess. Okay. I'm thinking like, okay, like progressive metal or doom metal or death metal, like these these. I guess because we're uh, we're progressive metal, which is a catch-all for like you're mixing genres. And so it's kind of hard to say, I guess. But like heavy metal, sure, because you have the fry screams, you have that iconic heavy metal voice. And so maybe more towards like catatonia or enslaved, like you have these grungy voices, but they're clean. Ever Ray, I feel like he's super jazzy, he's all soul. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it's a big, it's a big spectrum it's a lot of variables to kind of mush together but it, it's expanding because i mean look are you familiar with trap metal i've heard it yeah i mean especially on this particular program 
I I could make a list of all the ridiculous genres I've come across. Um, right. So it's 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 when you start <laughs> labeling, and then you're like, well, it has to be this. It's like obviously metal's expanding quite a bit because it's crazy. So it'll finish up, and you're like, so then what makes something metal? And I'm all taking notes. Like, what makes this metal? What doesn't? Yeah. Why isn't this considered metal? And then you have someone like Chelsea Wolf, who is fully in the fold of the metal community, that has almost none of the title markers that would be considered metal. Yeah, I recently had. Uh, an instrumental cellist on and his goal was to make a heavy metal album with just cellos and it sounded metal. And that was one of our key questions was how did you do that? How did you make cellos sound metal? And so we kind of got into the, the soul of metal that in his opinion, it's not double kick drums and, and growling vocals. There's uh, like a, a, a deep seated anger rage, uh, the idea that you're being oppressed by the man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, kind of attitude to it that if you could convey that with a harmonica, heck, you know, there you go. Right. It's an, to me, it's like, and it's, a, it's an aesthetic. It's a mood. It's a vibe. It's an atmosphere. And so what we've coined as metal adjacent is anything that's under the metal umbrella that doesn't have the sound markers, but it would be like something like Chelsea Wolf or like the, the cellist. There's another cellist, Joe. What's that? Um, and it's the same thing. We met her at a metal concert and it's uh, electric cello, but it, the vibe, the, the atmosphere, this dark angst was there. And so you're like, well, this is, this is perfect. This is this is metal as far as concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my opinion. Now, something I'm actually yeah. really, actually really curious about because you mentioned that you you receive more I don't know being held back from from the inner community rather than the the outer community. And that kind of maybe spe- spells a few things. I get my first question. And, sorry, you, sorry, but it's Joanna Quill. I just wanted to clarify. Joanna Quill. Okay. She's a cellist too, a metal cellist. So look che- up, look it up later. Cello. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I guess. How did you overcome that? Do you think that that could change? And I brought up a couple of bands that um, you know have black lead singers and Seven Dust, Sepultura. Uh, did you mm-hmm. find Did you find inspiration maybe from from them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I when I first got into like fronting the band, I just I wanted reassurance that this wasn't going to go terribly or it wasn't going to end <laughs> up in like agony and tears. And so Dauber is incredibly. Uh, knowledgeable he's a encyclopedia of metal and music and so he's like yeah check these bands out king's x doug pinnick we actually ran into him at a show uh, in sugarland um and absolutely find inspiration from how they merge sounds and inspirations i feel like or that that were very similar to mine in a time that i feel like was even less uh acceptable than now so I mean, for for sure, I wanted them to show me how to wear a dress and do it all, too, but they couldn't do that. But then there's a... Um, skunk Anasi. Skunk Anasi. And it's, you know, that's a badass black chick that's doing a lot of upfront metal, clean, amazing clean vocals, so... I I definitely take comfort in exploring those bands and knowing that they're they're there. Yeah, I guess my question then from from your standpoint, for anybody out there who's listening and who wants to become more 
I guess, active in the metal community and feels like they're being, I don't know, if you want to say held back, what would you say for them or to them? Just do it, do it anyway. It, with any area of anything that, in any area of self-expression, there's always going to be dissenters and there's going to be people that tell you you can't for whatever reason. And you just can't, you can't let other people's expectations or limitations define what you're going to do. It just, otherwise you're, you're not going to end up doing anything that you want to do in life. But there you will find more support. Just sometimes people that are against you just speak louder and more often. But it's like, don't let that and their outlook make you feel like that's the majority. Because I honestly feel like it's not. I would agree with you on that one. I don't know that we've yeah. agreed much throughout this entire interview, Cammy. You're kind of an opinionated no, woman. We but... have. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Now, um, with the album coming out September 4th, is that pretty much what's been on the band's mind throughout the lockdown, or is there anything else, you know, from all the related lockdown coronavirus activities where bands would normally be playing shows and touring and whatnot? Um, any other news? Uh, we have plans. We have planned to do some shows in Houston, walk back down. Not shows. That sounds crazy right now coming out of my mouth. We have planned to do like live uh, things and like allow maybe 20 very separated people to be there or something like that. Or talked about um, outdoor shows. We have some big outdoor venues that, you know, people could be in little tents on the grass or something. Um, but things kind of close back down and our numbers are crazy high, so we can't be doing much of anything, but we do have online stuff. We're going to do like a live uh, album release show and that sort of thing. And some, some go lives or like group group watch stuff. Like we're, we're eager to engage and be real time with everyone. So that is on the horizon. Uh, just figuring out when, where, and how. All of our members don't live in Houston, so we're a little bit spread out. But, you know, obviously with keeping ourselves and everybody else safe, so just look for us on the interwebs. On the interwebs. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I, I guess one last question uh, that mm -hmm. I have, because um, you mentioned that you guys were really, you know, brainstorming on the topics for the album, and there are 12 incredibly long-titled tracks <laughs> on the album I'm, yeah. just, I'm just curious take us through this album what, what did you guys set out to create and what should we expect when we pick it up especially because at least sonically or musically the two first singles are quite different from each other yeah well we definitely wanted to kind of showcase this confident stride in not a new direction but honing in on a direction that we've sprinkled here and there in our other albums we have new guitarist um new bass player and we really wanted to kind of let them shine with their influences and their contributions to the album and so this is what we feel like is the most succinct sort of cohesive sound that we've put forth like it's to mark a new beginning as well as mark a, a a solid step in what we feel like we want to sound like. I think that while it definitely still tackles a lot of heavy issues lyrically, and then it's 
weighted with a, a lot of heaviness musically that there is more hope kind of filtered in this one. Um, there's more like call to action and more community to it, I feel. And so it's the same wonderful experience. It's the same. It's like we want to pull you in and kind of make an album that makes you close out the rest of the world around you while you're listening to it. So it's it's that same great journey, but this one is with like the listener. I feel like that's the focal point versus just our story. Mm-hmm. Fan-freaking-tastic. All right, well, Cammy, what an absolutely wonderful interview uh, that I've had with you. I don't have any more questions, but if there's anything else that you wanted to throw out there, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast. Thank you. Um, it's been awesome. I just hope everybody's staying safe and being patient with themselves and everybody they might be cooped up in the house with. <laughs> um, you know, we definitely hope to. We're, we're definitely one of those bands figuring out how to get back out there and we can't wait to see everybody face to face again.